at the last Mass, I uh, brought up this Israeli and Palestinian conflict, and, and little did I know, a woman was there who, uh, I guess, I think, maybe Palestinian, I'm not sure, but she married an Israeli, and she's got family over there, and she corrected me a, a lot of what I said, and she was very knowledgeable, so I appreciate it very much. And so uh, I just want to suffice it to say, I hope we're all uncomfortable for what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, I hope we're very uncomfortable because it's so outrageous. And um, there's wrong on both sides, but, um, but the effect is the carnage that's happening and the destruction of, of all these properties and all these lives and the families that are broken up. And 45% um, of the Palestinian people are, are children. And, and it's horrific, all that's happening there. But I'll tell you what really amazes me in, a, in the most negative way. 2,000 years after Christ, after Messiah, after the death and resurrection of the Lord, you would think by now, having listened to his message for all these years, that we would have not armies of war, but armies of peace. You would think that every nation uh, could come up with at least one person who was so convinced of the need for peace, they could join a council of the world and make sure that peace reigned for all. That there would be at least one person of every nation who cared enough about justice, that there could be a council of justice to see that justice was realized by all people on the face of the earth. And yet we still haven't done it. We're still not there. We've got at least two, two horrific wars going on, Ukraine uh, with Russia and also this Israeli and Palestinian conflict. And, and it looks like there's uh, no end in sight. And so we pray, I hope, for, for peace in both places of the world, those two places and probably others in Africa and God only knows where else. So we hear these scriptures today, and this is most appropriate. I think every time that we have a baptism, it, it makes it all the more urgent because this little child, Liam, he doesn't have a clue what's going on. He seems pretty happy about the thing, but he doesn't know really what's happening. And so he's going to depend on parents and godparents to teach him as he grows up. And he doesn't know what's happening in, in Israel and Palestine right now, but uh, hopefully one day he will be able to look back in this historic moment and say, oh my God, thank God I was just a baby at the time and didn't have to deal with this in my head. But to think that this kind of ugliness and hatred exists in the world. So why does it? Today we have in the first reading Isaiah speaking. And Isaiah is promising to Israel that they would come to a holy mountain of the Lord and that God dwelling there the best food, the best wines, just make a feast of justice and peace reign for them as they would be welcomed back. And, and this was a message to Israel who at least twice had been exiled from their own land, whose temple that took years to build at least twice was completely destroyed. And, and so, you know, I would think, I would think that Israel who was exiled to Babylon and, uh, and, and suffered being in exile, would understand that for the Palestinian people. So both sides, there's, there's something very awful, and, and I don't think it's the Palestinian people in general, but the, the Hamas, 
that is exacting uh, and beginning this whole mess or taking it to the next step. So what would those people in that land, the Christians of that land, who have the same readings that we have, the Christians, the Catholics in that land, what would they be thinking hearing Isaiah say that this is what God says, come to my holy mountain. This is the holiest land on earth, supposedly, the holy land, we even call it that. But it isn't a holy land, it's a, it's a land of hatred. It's been there for centuries. It's a land of, of, of war right now. And so, did they hear God speak? Do we hear God speak? Well, we come to this gospel, and this is the third week in a row that we've listened to Jesus give parables about the kingdom of God, trying to get people to see the kingdom of God isn't when we die, it's right now. We make and live the kingdom of God. Did you hear that opening prayer? Because they've been very good for the last few weeks, and this one says it again so precisely. This is what we pray. May your grace, O Lord, we pray, at all times go before us and follow after, and make us always determined to carry out good works. Uh-huh. Easy words to say. But to live them? Now, on one level, it strikes me that it's odd for us to be listening to these scriptures because we've all accepted the Lord. That's why we're here, isn't it? I mean, why are we here 9.30? Some would like to still be in bed, I'm sure, but here we are. 9.30 morning uh, on a Sunday, to praise God and listen to the words of the word of the Lord and, and to Jesus speak again in parables and tell us about the kingdom of God. So we've accepted the kingdom of God, I think. I think. But the question, it seems to me, isn't about the acceptance. That's what will happen in baptism for Liam today. It's in allowing that seed that has been planted to grow and develop. And one of the things I think it would be good for each of us to do is not quibble over whether we've accepted that, I think we have, but to ask ourselves, how have we grown? In my 47 years of priesthood, if you divide it by three, that's one, um, well, about um, 16 times I've preached this precise word, this particular gospel, because it comes up every three years in the cycle. So for at least 16 times, that's 16 Sundays and Saturdays, but multiply that again by three or four, depending on how many Masses I had on those days. And that's the number of times that this word has gone into my head and hopefully into my heart. So I have uh, every reason to ask this question. Am I any different now at 73 than when I was at 70? Has this word grown in me? Am I a better priest? Am I a better Christian? Am I a better follower of the Lord? And every one of us could ask this question. When we consider these parables of Jesus and he's asking us if we will accept this kingdom of God into our lives and hearts, so like in this particular gospel passage, the parable, the image he gives is a wedding feast for a king's son. And people refuse to come. Unbelievable to me. The king's son. This wasn't just a, a noble or rich person in this kingdom. It was the king's son. And Jesus said they rejected him. And not only did they reject his invitation, when his servants came to collect them and say, come on in, 
They killed them. And of course, all of this reeks of this image of the cross. They killed the Son of God. Yes, they did. And so when we hear this, it seems to me that we have to not only thank God that we do believe in the kingdom of God, that we're a part of it, but ask ourselves how we are doing in our determination to always do good works, to always do good works and build up that kingdom of God, to make that kingdom of God so real. Because right now there's a portions of the world that people just cannot believe, perhaps, that God is even a part of their life when they look at the destruction and the pain and the suffering and the loss. But I think to myself, two days ago I was driving home from somewhere and I was listening to the news and I heard more of this conflict and I said, oh my God, how blessed I am to be in this country. It's not perfect. We've got our problems. There's a mess in our politics. We've got a lot of problems. But I have every reason to believe I'll make it through the day without being shot. That's pretty nice. I have every reason to believe that I'll make it through the day without being robbed or beaten up. I have every reason to believe that no bomb is going to explode over Glassell Park this week. Every reason to believe it. Because for 73 years, that's what I have done, walked in this land and been free and been blessed and, for the most part, totally protected. What a blessing we have. What a blessing we are. And perhaps... Sometimes we might take it for granted. And I think the Word of God is saying, don't take it for granted. Don't come now to the feast not properly dressed. Pay attention and keep hearing this word. Keep hearing this call. And keep asking yourself, myself, what can we do to make this kingdom of God more real, not only for ourselves, but for Liam, for one another? Because that's the call that Jesus gives Enter into the kingdom, let the kingdom enter into you, and let it bring you its life.